Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will have me behind the cross, that you give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would touch the hearts and the minds of the people, tilt the follow ground that, that makes teaching and preaching and bringing forth revelation knowledge more receptible for your people, God. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would stir up the gift down in all of us, oh God. Oh God, I pray right now that the peace, God, that the revelation and the understanding and that God, that you will come in and plant something new in me that I may bring forth fruit in the earth. That's going to give your name praise and honor. I want to say before I go forward with this, this message is not for you to, to it's not for you to think bad or dislike your mother, but it's for you to examine yourself, your childhood, the way you come and the way you've been up, upbringing. We always talking about breaking generational curses, but you don't understand it is broken. It's just that your mind has not been renewed according to the word. And it's for you to really think about it. And the title of the message would be, or the thought would be, my mama taught me this. And we're going to be in John, the 8th chapter, verses 11, 1 through 11. Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Joshua, chapter 2, verses 2 through 6. I looked up the word taught. And it's the past tense of teaching. And I just want to give you some definition about it. And it says, show or explain to someone how to do something. And I looked up the definition. And, and it's similar to, to educate, instruct, school, tutor. Train, upscale, ground, enlighten, illuminate, edify, prepare, indoctrinate. But what God means says brainwashed. Drill, discipline, show a guard. God, excuse me. And when I think about this, some of us mother that we think that we should have had. And a lot of things that they taught us, we become brainwashed. But then yet, we study the church breaking down something that you don't even understand the root of it. How can you bind a strong man unless you understand the nature of the strong man? So you keep thinking that God has not done it or that God is not answering your prayer, but your mindset and your subconscious has not awakened. 
to see the connection that you're still in the same pattern and the same mentality. That is what's happening in the church. You're going through something, but yet you're not trying to let your mind be transformed or renewed by the renewing of your mind. So you're constantly in this place that you're allowing God to continue to bring forth something that you are not ready for. And God is saying, I'm trying to do it, but you're not allowing me to do it because you're still in the place of what you have been taught, whether it's in the things in the world. There's three things that teach you something. It is your parents, your surroundings, and the word of God. But some of you say that you're saved, but your faith is not in the place where you think it is because you're doing the same thing that your mom and daddy done did to you. And now you're pushing it down to your children and you're saying God is not breaking generations, but you're not doing anything new. So you're brainwashing. You're drilling it in them. When they don't do what you want, then our parents used to tell us, tell us, and tell us. But yet, when we got out, then we started doing the same thing, whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing, because that's what you're supposed to do. You teach them. The Bible says train up a child in the way that it should go. And when it's departed, they will know how to find its way back. But we instill more of ourselves in them instead of the word of God. And we're still doing everything that God is everything that our parents has told us. We're making sure they got the clothes. We're making sure they go to school and all of this, but yet they're educated devils. And you want to know why they come home, they can't get no job. They don't have no training. They don't want to work or anything else. They're lazy. They're in a place. They're comfortable with their life. And you start constantly feeding something. But you're not allowing God to get a hold of them. You're not allowing God to really break the generational curse because you don't want God to get a hold of you. Because you can break it. You hold the key. Those that are born and baptized according to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everybody that does not have God's spirit, huh? whether your mama was saved or not saved, huh? but they had a mind to tell you to come to church. Everything was thrived out of the house, or thrived out of the house was because of the parents or the mother. The daddy could be a drunk, but the mother kept the house together. So we're talking about brainwash. But you're not allowing God to renew it. And I looked up the definition of brainwash. It says make someone adapt rapidly. Different beliefs by using systematic and often forcible pressure. Jesus does not force himself on anybody. He's a gentleman. You ask him to come in, he comes in. But people in the church don't understand why God is moving the way that he's doing. He's moving because his people have gotten farther and farther away from him. But yet you come to the church and you're doing a spiritual ritual, but yet you don't even believe in the God that you say that you serve because when God starts moving and changing, you want to stop him and then you want to come to church and tell God to break the generational curse, but you don't understand that you have been brainwashed by something. You live in Babylon. I call this Babylon because everything that was going on in Babylon. Give information about or instruct in a subject or skill. You ever notice sometimes you become an upgraded version of your mama? I told you God showed me I was just like the person that I really didn't like in my house because she was so kind and loving to people and gave everything, but then God showed me that I was the same thing, and she'd get mad because she would help people and they would treat her bad. And I said, but Lord, he showed me that I was just like my mother. It's strange how you run and become what you're running from. Encourage someone to accept something as a fact or a principle. Cause someone to learn 
or understand something by example or experience. How many of us have not realized that our mama was teaching us by example or experience? So if that man or that woman abused your mother, she came home and she spurred all of that out and then you became mad and angry at what was in your house or your mama and your dad or your cousin or your second and third cousin because they mistreated your grandmama and then you want to know why these things are there. You need to eradicate these things. So we keep the cycle going. And we're never growing and coming into the truth of knowledge who Jesus Christ is. Who is he? All powerful. I'm not present, omniscient, omnipotent. Just like he was there then, he's here now. All power, all knowing. He moves through times and dispensations. In your family, let's just deal with your family. That's why it's able to tell you if you sit down somewhere that this happened from here, 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 and now you got the break and you say, I'm not going to pass this on. I'm not going to go in and upscale something that my mama has told me because you don't want to think evil or bad about it. This is not for you to think evil or bad. They did the best that they could. God showed me my mama did the best that she could. But now that I got more of Jesus Christ and he's awakening more, we know more than our parents. Everybody understand that now because look at the hour information that we're in. We know more, but yet we don't come in and instill the good things in our children to make them better. Education, a buying clothes, houses, and anything else does not make it better. It only contaminates what is already there. How can you put something clean on something dirty? Except you'll be born again and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sin. My mama taught me this. And it says, instill. an adulterous act. This was a Jewish crime that was committed when the woman was married. That's why it's called an adultery. And we're going to read about this. 
And this was done when she was caught with someone else other than her husband. And it says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. It says, but early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they sat her in the midst, I want to talk about that. They wanted to bring shame and embarrassment and humiliation. When you think that you're above something and somebody else has done something that you know you'd have done because you're saved but not broken. Because when you're broken, you identify with somebody else's pain and you have compassion. That's why this body, this, this food that we eat, what the, it tells about when we take a communion, it says what the body that was broken. How can he identify? He stepped down out of his majesty and glory. He didn't come to condemn, but to fulfill what was already prophesied. But you get saved. You going around talking about you king's kid and this and that, and your children are not saved. But you think that you're in a high place and they came from you. That's why they don't have crisis personality or nature. They are a seed of Adam. And now that you are in a higher place in your mind, but your spirit is in a low place, and you have no compassion. You don't know God to give you wisdom and how to bring somebody in. The Bible tells you that a harsh word brings harsh, harsh persecution, but a soft word brings soft things. Then we let our frustration because God ain't working it out fast enough. Well, I done did. You want to quote to him what you done did. The Bible says all your works is nothing but it's filthy rag. You can give the church a million dollars, but that ain't going to make God move. It'll make a man move. It'll make a woman move. It'll make people move. So they wanted to humiliate her. And I want to tell you something. Everything that is happening, those are emotions. They are, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're running on emotions. He set her in the midst to humiliate, to embarrass, to bring shame. Verse 4. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded that commanded us that such things shall be stoned. But what do you say? This right here is a good parable to tell you why Jesus Christ had to step down out of his majesty and glory. To change something for thousands of years, but yet you don't want to change. He came to fulfill the law, but yet he brought in a more perfect way. The Bible tells you this. So you're not being stoned and condemned in your situation, but why are you doing it to others? 
And yet you are saved, so the more perfect way is in you. It's flowing, it's moving through you. Verse 6. This they said, testing him, that the that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stopped, stooped down, and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to him, he who is without sin among us, let him throw a stone at her first. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And God gave me a revelation. His finger can change your life. Then those who heard it being Come, it says, convicted by their consciousness, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the least. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus said, had said, ride, raised himself up, and saw no one but the woman. I want to tell you something. God can bring you up out of any situation. The woman that was caught in adultery, even though you may have learned the how your mama was, but God was still able to save and deliver. And the hand of God in anybody's circumstances and situations will turn it around. My mama taught me this. Even though I was like this, but God is still able. To change me. Because when the people start talking about their love, you say, Mama, what? And she in the church saving, singing in the choir, and just, just holy. And you saying, Mama, but you sent us to church. But I was trying to show you a more excellent way. And I'm telling you these things. So you won't fall into these things. To let God be everything in your life. You got to learn. But then you get mad and in yourself and then you want to condemn the same person that gave you life and gave you good instructions. When a person has passed something, they start telling you about their past. Because it doesn't matter. They're telling you so you will not do it. So you will not fall into these traps. And the person will wait till a good time to have these kind of conversations. Have you ever noticed something about our mama? It seemed like she knew how to say it at the right time and the right season. But why are you just all over the place hollering and screaming? All that stuff is all over the walls. There ain't no peace in the house. My mama may have lived the way she lived, but it was peace in that house. And that Bible was on the front table. And the two pictures that was on the wall was Martin Luther King and JFK. But God can change it. Let's go 
to Luke, the 10th chapter. We're going to be talking about the complainer, the fault finder. Jesus is at Mary and Martha's house. And in my Bible says that Mary and Martha are contrasted. It says different, strikingly. Yes, their personalities. Have you ever been in a place when you got two women in the house? One paying the bill, one staying out all night long and trying to tell the mama how to do it. That's just something about a mother. She'll stand her ground. That's something about the mothers of old. They will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they'll point that finger or they'll get that Bible and that frying pan and say, you shall not take me down. I'll beat you down until Jesus comes. But I'm going to wait on the Lord. And I'm going to be of good cheer. And God is going to strengthen my heart because the very child that I birthed out is treating me so bad. And I've given them everything. Then I took the college money and then I messed it up. And they still don't have no degree. And now I got to have one job. Now I got to have two jobs to try to pay it back. And I'm calling the people that got the loan. And the loan still is due. And I'm calling for mercy. But then God sent somebody else to work it out and they gave me another extension on top of that, but I swear that I was going to pay, and I'm going to keep my word, even though I bought some Caesar, but I got to pay him when it's due him. Go against. Complain. I looked up the word complain. Express dissatisfaction, annoyance about something. I don't know about you, when it seems like I'm aggravated, I'm frustrated, and I get to complaining, and I get to seeing all the things that I've done, and it seems like it wasn't love or taken with respect, but then I have to go back and see what God is trying to say, because that's something about Jesus Christ. He knows how to change my pain. He knows how to come in and smooth the savage beast down inside of me when the wall is against me. Have you ever been there? When your house is against you, it seems like the world is on your shoulders. When nothing can change my situation. The dog in the yard is better than my people in my house. And I feed them scraps, but I give them the best on the table. I go without so they can have. But we're talking about what happened to Mary and Martha to make them in the house like this. Did they see the daddy and the mama complaining? And then they saw division in the house. And then now it's division in them. You know how sometimes the older can't tell the younger nothing and the younger can't tell the oldest nothing. There's no agreement. There's no rationality in the house. And the house is a mess. And your mama ain't in the back sick. But seem like I got to do everything. And then Jesus stepped in my house and I still don't recognize who he is. Fault finder continues criticism. I can't do nothing. 
<laughs> Mama got sick after she had the baby. <laughs> and I'm the oldest and I had to take care of her and everybody else. And now she's treating me like this. I'm out the door and growing and my husband died. And then she still don't want to help me buy a piece of meat. Oh my God, my family. There's something about my family. God, I don't understand. I still got to go through everything. Why I'm the oldest? And going through this heartbreak. My brother wastes money, but my baby sister give it to him, and he wouldn't even babysit her. Why life is treating me like this? They always finding fault with me. It says typically concerning trivial things, a small value of importance. That's what trivial things are. They'll pick apart everything. You know, you're, they want to talk about everything that you feel you already got a self-conscious about because in family you don't open yourself up. They know all your weakness. They know all your strength. But it seems like it's something that I can't even get over. And then she'll talk about me. Then she'll do this. And then she pin the other children against me. My my own sisters and brothers, and then she got a hold of my children, and now my husband don't like me. I don't understand God. It seemed like I got a Martha and Mary in my house. Oh, I don't know why. And then now I see it down in my children. My last two don't get along. God seemed like that spirit is following me down in my house. God, I don't know what to do. God, help me. Trouble on every hand. I'm perplexed. I'm dismayed. I can't get no help. But all my help comes from the Lord. I got the sixty, and I got the weight. Oh my God, it seems like nothing is working out for me. But I got a Mary Martha. Nothing is right. No one in the house is happy. You know how your mama would say sometimes, ain't nobody going to be happy or sleep and eat. Until it gets fixed. Unless or until I'm happy. And the, house, and the home is never happy because you can't satisfy no flesh. It's always going to be something when you're a fault finder, when you're a backbiter, when you're a discourager, and you should be encouraging people. The word came to encourage you. The word came to strengthen you. But yet you see them preaching. They're doing this and that. Oh, your sister can sing and the pastor calling her down. Oh, but when she get home, she got liquor and a cigarette in her mouth. God, is still letting her do it. And I desire to sing, but yet I don't have a voice. But I get in my chair and I just sing sometimes to the glory of God. Let's go to Luke 10. My mama taught me this. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. Luke 10, 38. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Even though your house, you know we always want to wait till everything is perfect to invite Jesus in. It ain't going to never be perfect. You got to let them in the door to the mess. The mess in my spirit. The mess in my heart and my head. 
I got to let them see that the house is dirty. Oh, I remember one time my mom was getting company, and so me and my sister made a mess, and, and you know how you, your kids don't do, you know, don't do. So her friend, and I was trying to rush and, and stuff that she told me to do, training, I, was then I started trying to do it. She said, don't worry about it, let it stay there. You didn't do it now, do I? Because other people, now they need to see it. You always trying to clean it up before the guests come. But mama said, no, I'm sure for what it is. My mama was trying to teach me, but I wouldn't listen. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, who also at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was, what is it? Distracted. Division always brings distraction. You're easily distracted. You can't stay focused. But the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He can't obtain anything from the Lord. How can she be in a place that God wants her to be? You've got to be in the place before, be, in order to be what God wants you to be. You can't just be there when you want to be there. You've got to constantly work on your soul. The Bible says work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. She's trying to get herself together in the midst of it. But God has already stepped in the door. You've got to be in a place now that whenever God comes in and steps in, you've got to be ready. You ain't got time. Just like the five foolish. At the last minute trying to get your soul right trying to clean up mess in your life that it took years to do and you trying to clean it up in 30 days. Some of you don't even want to wait. I just might as well say 24 hours training because they don't want to wait. The Bible says wait on the Lord and be of good cheer and he shall strengthen our heart. Wait, I said on the Lord, but you don't want to wait. You just want it whenever you want it. And when you hear that Jesus Christ is coming and he's visiting in your area, you trying to run in the house and get it together. But God already saw that it was dilapidated. God saw that you didn't do anything to upkeep it. He saw that you let the temple be destroyed and you let in and everybody in there and you never searched him out while he may be found and now he's passing by and you're trying to touch the hem of his garment and God is saying I want you to touch it but have you prepared yourself for the change he said because when I touch your life and you touch me I'm going to change everything you may lose your mind over this when everybody else that you love leaves you and everybody else that you rejected you got to go back and apologize to when you got to humble yourself My mama taught me this. Then some of you had mamas, but just mean nasty. Now you mean and nasty. You low down and conniving like them. They home was tore up and that's what you did, but yet you came to church and got no substance. Now you're the reflection of your past. And you can't run from it. God will let you run, 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 but it comes a time in your life, it all catches up with you. I remember back in the day, my grandmama used to say, everything you do gonna catch up with you, so you better do right. Remember they used to tell us that. With much serving, and, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care 
that my sister has left me to serve alone. Fault finder. I find fault in everything. Because I find fault within myself, I find fault within my children and in my house. I'm never happy with anything. If you notice, now look at what everybody's doing. They're trying to recreate themselves to be over, but yet they're still not happy with themselves. Look at what the world is pushing everybody to. You got to have this and this and that that's going to make you happy. And them rappers and everybody else, they're so sad. They're pathetic. They have no morals. They have no standards. But yet they're spilling this perversion out because your mind is not on Jesus Christ. You're not letting your mind stay in the things of God. So you're running and searching after what you think that your house should be or your husband should be or your children should be like this. But yet you don't know what's going on down the road or behind the scenes. You don't understand something you better let your mind be in Christ Jesus. You better seek it out and see what God is saying concerning your house. Because what your neighbor doing, or it seems like they're getting away with, may not you may not get away with. Your judgment may be now, theirs may be down the road. You looking at the intensity, how long it's been going on. But God said, I've been trying to deal with you, but you don't want me to deal with you. He said, now I'm allowing your children to fall to some things that I was holding up. Because you been delayed too long. You missed my day of visitation when I was trying to save you in your house. But yet you allow these things to come. And I'm a scattering everybody from you because you're hard-headed, you're stiff nigga. And now you got confusion in your mind and your spirit. And now you're running to me trying to complain about the righteous. Therefore, tell her to help me. I command you. You make her help me. You know how you want to just stand there and command and, and tell God what to do. And he looking at you. He saw this day 10,000 years ago. But you in that moment and now. You know how your mama was? Mean to your daddy. Mean to your brothers. Oh, but she just loved you. Because you were just like her. The others had the daddy spirit. If you notice that in the house, whatever, whoever the, the mama is, because the woman is the one that rules the house. If you notice that that mother, if she likes a particular child, that child is because that child has the same spirit. And if she's against the daddy, guess what? They're going to say they all together and they all group around the house and now you got division in the house. But it's the woman that keeps it together. The Bible tells you a, a foolish woman will tear down the house, but a wise woman will build it and keep it together. She knows how to bring it. She knows how to work everything, not according to, not in a negative or bad way or deceptive way, but she's working it to try to keep peace and harmony in the house and unity amongst the family. And that's why when the mama or the daddy leaves, that's why the house collapses because it was that person that was holding everything together. Some of you don't understand. You may have it here and there, but that mother went through so much and you want to know why you're going through so much. You just stepped in that place and God said, I got to raise somebody else up. I was training and teaching you. I was instructing you. I was giving you 
you everything because I knew this day was coming. And now you can stand still like your mommy, like your daddy, and see what the Lord is going to do. But Lord, why is everything on my shoulder? He said, I place greatness there because I knew what you're going to have to deal with. And you hold on to me. This is going to draw you closer to me. It could have been anything, but God said, I chose this for you. Sometimes you got to accept the will of God. You got to accept these things. Oh, my God. But God, he told you he don't put no more on you than what you can bear. You need to understand something. My God, that worketh all things for my good. He don't put no more on me than what I can bear. Even though when I'm falling, I bet you you're going to pray and fast and then. And then, you got to see all of these things that happen. God knows how to work it out for your good. Let's see what else she said. And Jesus answered and said to her, you ever notice Jesus always got an answer for you? You may not like it. But he's going to respond. Martha, Martha. You are weary and troubled about many things. You ever notice when your mama speaks, she, she just goes straight to the thing. She calls you by your name and then she answers you. But one thing is needed and Mary chose that part, good part, which will not be taken away from her. What part are you gonna choose? She chose the good part because she knew that that busy wasn't going to last nothing but so long. You got to understand something, a visitor don't stay long. Don't stay long. Jesus' time was limited. That's why you cannot miss your day of visitation. Let's go to Joshua, the second chapter. We're going to deal with the Savior, the Rescuer. For other people's problems. I don't know about you. I used to get mad at my mama because it seemed like she was the rescuer. She was the one that had faith for everybody else's problems. But I used to sit her, sit there in the chair and see her sad sometimes. But it didn't last long because she never wanted us to know what was going on. I don't know what kind of mother you had. But my mama did everything for everybody. She kept everybody in her family's children. But we never stayed in nobody else's house. I don't know about you. Rahab. Rahab was a bold Gentile. And that very act brought in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And she saved Israel. Her name means proud or arrogant. But sometimes you got to have a bold mama. everybody. And you want to know why your heart is so big. You just can't say no. You got that from your mama. Rahab was a prostitute. Canaanite city of Jericho. Nobody for her great faith and for her place in the what? Lineage of Jesus Christ. 
So I want you to know that everybody had some problems down in the family. But it don't mean that God can't work through you. Some of you need to change and be converted. Because you're looking at you now, but there's something down the road that you may never see that's got to come through that lineage. But you got to hold fast to your salvation. She had faith for everybody. Every time you look up, you're doing something for somebody else. Joshua. And it was told the king of Jericho giving, saying, Behold, man, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hated them as she, as she said. Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark. It said that the men went out. When the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for they, for you may overtake them. But as she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the, what is it, sticks, sticks, stacks of flat, which she had laid in order on the roof. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you have to be in a place and do the right thing, but it's the wrong thing the way that you go about doing it. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in there? It's if your mama did the right thing and her wording was not right, but she was doing the right thing because she knew it would cause destruction. I remember one time, my mama was friends with this lady. And when my mama used to go out, she used to see him out, but she never told her best friend because she didn't want to bring confusion in the house. Sometimes you got the whole thing inside and have faith for everybody else. And you need to see that Rahab, even though she was arrogant, and proud, but she had standards. She was a Gentile, a Canaanite woman, but there was something in her to help some foreigners. And God blessed her down the road. Sometimes it may look 
like you're doing the wrong thing, but God said it's going to work out for your good. How many times in your life it seemed like mama did something that was not right, but God turned it around in her favor because her heart and which the spirit in which it came out of. You need to understand sometimes in life we have to do certain things in order to save many. You've got to understand something. Sometimes you've got to be that forerunner. You've got to be that person of faith that God can come in and use you because there's nobody that's trustworthy. A lot of times it seems like you're in an awkward or bad situation, but God will come in and turn it around. And But you ought to be praying for him. Seeking after the will of God. Rahab was a woman of faith. Have you ever been in that same life? You didn't know why you had faith to do it, but you did it. It was in your heart and you couldn't shake it. Sometimes it seemed like mama just went and reached out in faith and said, no, you're going to college. Huh? No, I'm sending you to private school. No, I'm just going to go out here and I'm going to act in faith and I'm going to buy the best so you can have it. And everything was on her shoulder. And then God will send somebody else by to work it out or pay the bill off. You need to understand something. He, she was the savior. She was the person that had faith for people that didn't even have faith. Sometimes it's the mother that's the one that's in the house that has faith and keeping everything together. And the man is out somewhere drinking or having a good time. But it seemed like mama, huh? And then you, that daughter that was right there with her, said, Mama, I'm going to bleed you. It's always one child in the house that mama always confessed to. You need to understand this. You may have been that one child that mama told the truth to. But God said, you got to be in the place now that you do the same thing for your house. But mama told it in a way that it would not make you mad and angry at the other children or the daddy. There was wisdom and God was showing you there was wisdom in you because of what your mama put in you. And God gave you the interpretation. Because a lot of times if you notice when mama's talking, she said, don't be mad at them. So-and-so, this happened to them when they were born. Or, you know, something happened to this and that. Mama always tell you a reason why she was doing what it is because she remember what they came through. There's something in your life. Rahab was a Gentile. She came through a hard life. She was a prostitute. She had to do things that she did not want to do, but God worked it out in her favor. Sometimes you're put there because of your life or something that's happening in your family, but God will pray a way to bring you out of the situation. And God said he can trust you. God saw that he he can trust Rahab to do this great thing. Before they even came to Rahab's house to spy out the land, you got to understand that God had already saw and appointed her. So you thinking in life, you're just walking and meeting certain people. And down the road, it seems like they're connected and they're going to be a blessing to you. God has a way of putting you where you need to be. And then the world tells you, you got to do this and you be here. You be at that right there. They tell you this and then you join all these fraternities and sororities and all of this. And when they get to a place, they ain't even thinking about you. But you're doing it. But God is working ahead of you to set you up for something greater. Even though Rahab was a prostitute, it was three things that she had to do. See, let me tell you something. Mama always told you how to follow instructions. You ever notice they used to have a lot of handwritten stuff growing up? They were always writing the vision down and making it plain. But you're so busy trying to keep it in your head and you can't remember yesterday. She agreed to help them escape. And because they honored God, God was going to honor her. 
and her household. Even though the weight is on your shoulders, you're the savior. You're the one they're calling, and they don't even call their own sister, but the family will call you. You always there for them. And then they'll tell you, you just like your mama. It's just something about you. You just like your mom, or you just like your dad. You just, it's just something good about you. And they'll tell you, God's going to bless you. And you're there at 1 o'clock in the morning trying to help them. And you said, I don't even see that. No. But God said they're speaking blessings over you. you got to receive some things that's good. Because a lot of times when you think that you're not doing anything, you're doing the greatest things. And you need to understand, God remembers everything. I don't care what it looked like. But stop looking for your blessing to come where you sold it. That ain't the way it was. Rahab blessing came another way. And I'm sure she she was with the riches of the riches in that time and the poets of the poets and the middle class of the middle class. But God had a way of blessing her down the road. He know how to clean you up as you follow him. So when she came from out of that Canaanite city and God set her up, her direction shifted. You got to know when God is shifting you and moving you in another direction. Because nowhere does it say that she stayed a prostitute. Some of you don't even know. Your mama may have had it hard, but it seemed like God had you meet the right man. And it seemed like everything worked out. He changed your life and you blessed your mama. God knows how to change your direction. You don't stay what you were birthed out of. There's a change for everybody. She had to distinguish her house from everybody else with a scarlet thread representing the blood of Jesus. Remember when Sister Martin came and told us about the scarlet thread. And everybody took some scarlet thread and hung it in their house. Mine's is still in the closet representing how God came in and saved this household. had to be inside the house. You know when the battle is raging, but God will cover you. And then last thing, she couldn't turn on the people that blessed her. See, that's something about a traitor spirit. It will try you if that's in your house, in your bloodline. But you better learn how to rebuke it. We forget people that blessed us and brought us over. Isn't that how we do with Jesus Christ? All that he's done, and it seems like we'll turn on him. But you better plead the blood of Jesus. My mama taught me this. I pray that something has been said and done to make you think about these women differently. Think about your household and the change and the metamorphosis that God is finna do. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.